In this episode of Josh Reed's Other People's Published Poetry, I'm going to read 8. Excursus on Prose Style by Clive James from his collection of poems, Gate of Lilacs, a verse commentary on Proust. 8. Excursus on Prose Style At the Grand Hotel in Baalbek, on the terrace, the gulls float like white petals on the sea. The dowager, Mademoiselle de Combremer, tempting Marcel to luncheon at Fatern, where she placed the great lady, weighs at him the promise he will find among her guests the Comte de Crisonnet. Marcel remarks, but silently, that he had never lost him for the simple reason he had never met him. He is cruel to her, but only in his thoughts, and thus not cruel at all compared with what the great do to the less great with their snubs and polished sneers, for Proust has merely noted a point of language. But the point lays bare her passion, almost desperate, to maintain her rank, though exiled far from the Farbog, put out to grass here at the edge of things, where, just beyond the edge, the glittering sea echoes the drawing rooms now lost to her, oceans of trinkets in a velvet cape, a hat perched perilously on her wig, her strained get-up is not the giveaway, like her toothbrush moustache, it's just a quirk. Proust's registration of the way she looks would, on its own, be no more than a spoof. It's what she says in just a single phrase, or if you like, it's what he makes her say, that proves him the anatomist. His prose is a descriptive catalogue of all the things of this world in one gallery. The painters that he loved we should remember, had clean outlines. In that brave photograph of 1921, only a year before his death, the photograph in which he stands so straight and seems to have a chest, though it was padding, packed beneath his shirt to save him from the air, look to his right and you will see Joy de Palme. He'd come, for the last time he would ever leave his room, to see the exhibition of Amir, before whose view of death he makes Burgo fall ill and die. The master of lit space, whose clarities and textures are like his, clean-cut and accurate. Never believe that Proust is merely an impressionist. The impressionists aren't merely, anyway. Breathing a soft and pastel atmosphere that blurs the furniture and takes the edge off any fleshy curve the way Boulard, in all his concentrated prettiness, makes any female's face soft as the clothes she wears and as the sofa she sits down in. The chintz, which in real life is glazed and hard, but his paint turned it into brushed cashmere. Proust strays, but not to hide. He sees the sense of form that underlies the fields of colour of the Impressionists. His sentences grow lengthy when he speculates and ponders, but start and end in just the brevity French of forest have been so famous for since Pascal concentrated and distilled the essence of Montaigne. La Rochefoucauld and Vaux were models for Chamfort, who, when the revolution threatened him with a second stretch in the Madelettes, the rats were heralds of the guillotine, attempted to forestall his execution with a pistol and a knife, and got it wrong. And, even as he lay there bathed in blood, fashioned with care in a fitting epigram, if not for me, that might have gone quite well. I've just remembered La Bruyere, who said that self-indulgence and severity towards the others were the same vice. He was right. A quite rare quality among the wits. 
that whole tradition of terse cracking wise is there in Proust's prose, leavened by respect for actuality, the neutral gaze of the encyclopedia, a mix of thought with brutal fact, like birdshot with birdseed, art with the artless, the art of Diderot, so broke at one stage that he sold his books to Catherine the Great. She left them there in Paris, with a payment so he might look after them, although she must have known his prose was gunpowder in quiet form. Back in the business of philosophy, he found time to compose such masterworks as his chapter on the woman blind from birth, whose sense of hearing attained such a pitch that she could see with it. Such treasure troves of observation wed to poetry were there for Proust to bend to a new use, the work of fiction that flows like the facts of life, an ocean going through your hands into the future, and whose movement is the actual subject, which is hard to grasp, only because the instant is. But what combines these symbiotic elements, the burning moment and the grand expanse, into a compound can be overlooked merely because it marked the fluent style of Proust's dead enemy, Saint-Beuve, whose sin, in Proust's eyes, was his urge to tangle up the artist with the art, thus to locate the way the writers wrote and how they lived. Thank you. A quick note on excursus of Proust style by Clive James. So, for those of you who, like me, may not have known what excursus means, it is a detailed discussion of a particular point in a book. Um, which is interesting because he... Detailed discussion, not so much of... Which he's done, I guess, in this poem. He's looked specifically at a very particular scene in a very long book where the narrator, Marcel, is at the Grand Hotel in Baalbek, and the, the lady is trying to woo him. It's been a while since I've read the book, but there's that weird relationship, and he kind of cultivates it a little bit. Um, but Clive James has gone beyond just talking about that one moment and used it as, an ex as a, I guess, a platform to discuss the way in which Proust wrote and sort of had a mini-defense of the style and... Uh, execution of In Search of Lost Time, which is what this entire um, verse commentary is about. It's called a verse commentary on Proust, but really all 15 poems cover In Search of Lost Time. Um, so yeah, I think that's everything. I mean, it was fun to read. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. As ever, I really appreciate you taking time to listen to this podcast. Thank you very much.